So you like talking to your wife. Okay, good. That's good. That's good. I think that's a lesson for married couples all over the world. Okay, for the both of you, do you, if you had to... So me and Scott? Rate. If you had to rate... We've groped. It's Irvine Brewing Company. No, Evans. Sorry, Evans Brewing Company in Irvine. See you guys. California. That's been a while. We're becoming the No Agenda podcast, where we don't Don't see each other ever. (laughs) Don't talk. Yeah. Wow, it has been a long, long time since what? Since the last time we were speaking. Oh, well, that makes sense, I guess. The funny thing is, I'll just be talking into a mic, then I'll high-five people, hug, and leave. And it'll be like we never even had a conversation. Yeah, you're not getting any of the pizza because you're on a semi-diet. It is a semi-diet. What kind of pizza you bring? You know, I went all California style, you know, Orange County. um, Just whatever you get is not good enough. They had Hawaiian. I wanted pepperoni, so I grabbed the Hawaiian, and then I grabbed a bag of pepperoni, because <laughs> nice. uh, oh my God. this is America. That's Actually, awesome. pepperoni on Hawaiian is a good combo. That works. Yeah. What have you guys been up to this week? The whole week? Uh, yeah, the whole two days, three days. I've just been working. What, do you, what did you do uh, over the weekend? Mountain biking or anything? I went to, uh, Saturday, I went to a couple of thrift stores. For? For, I was looking for some uh, camping slash bug out bag stuff. Really? Yeah. You going camping? Oh, I don't know. Over the winter? Or you wait until the spring? When the zombies are unleashed, he's going camping. <laughs> yeah. He did say bug out bag. Yeah. I don't even know what a bug out bag it's is. It's for when you got a bug out. I'm getting out of here, guys. What's oh, in a so bug like out a bag? Big, like a big knapsack. Yes, a big knapsack. A knapsack. <laughs> hey, Scott. You want to take a nap? Like an army bag. A knapsack army bag. Standard issue. It's basically like a glorified uh, fanny pack. Oh. Yeah. Don't yeah. you already have an army bag? Like a purse for a guy. I do. I wasn't looking for an army bag, though. Do you aspire to do the Pacific Crest? I do. <gasps> Me too. I do. I want to do the uh, Appalachian Trail as well. Would that be on the East Coast where the Appalachian Mountains are? <clears throat> it's close. I did the Oregon Trail once. <laughs> <laughs> on the computer. <laughs> uh, mo- I survived, but most of my family died. You're poking fun at me. It. I remember that game. I'm old enough. Barely. Donner, party of five. Donner? Yeah. I I made it, but people died of gonorrhea or cannibalism, syphilis. Those probably, well, actually, I'm guessing maybe sexually transmitted diseases weren't an issue, but you know, something with that nature. Yeah, or the Mormon Trail. Looks like you got a small case of the typhoid fever, son. Three days and you're gone. They were like, "Hey, where did this mountain range come from? We should have probably gone south." Gosh, that's horrible. Can you imagine? Yeah. No, it's well, f- no, I can't. It's I, funny. I it's funny now, Jeff. It, it was horrible, but enough time has gone by. You can't use the too soon argument anymore. 
So now Donner Party 5, Oregon Trail, people dying, eating each other. It's funny now. It is. Yeah. They didn't die of cannibalism, though. The South Park episode right there. Some people died of cannibalism, I'm guessing. I think they already died, and then they, well, hopefully. Oh, then they got eaten. Yeah. Okay. I, hopefully. I, well, I'm a glass half full kind of guy, so here's hoping. Yeah. Okay, so if you were going to eat a body part off someone, which body part would it be? The butt. Why? Because I like pork butt. <laughs> well, if you were starving, it's the fattiest part, right? Yeah. So it's got a lot so of flavor? On me, so on that, me, it would be the butt. Is that like a ribeye? It's got a lot of fat, so you got a lot of taste in there. No, it's the butt eye. It's the butt eye. <laughs> actually, I'm going to amend that. You want you want to stay <laughs> away. That one off. Yeah, you want to stay away from the butt eye. Actually, it's the rump. If you clean it, <laughs> stop. Chicharron. There's a lady here. Yeah, Chicharrones. I'm sorry. I I kind of tuned out for ten seconds. I was trying to think of what to say. <laughs> you finished on Cheech che- Okay Yeah Human human backstrap It probably isn't that meaty um, So back to you on the Pacific Crest Trail Oh yeah I guess you're hunting down humans along that trail <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag it, human backstrap If it gets cold enough Hey buddy Come on over here Warm yourself by my fire <laughs> Are you lost? Have you guys seen Westworld? <laughs> unfortunately, I have seen all ten episodes. Did you say unfortunately? Unfortunately, really, you didn't like it. I am scared for our future. I have not seen it. You know what it shows, though? It shows in this version of AI scenario, it shows that the humans are the monsters. Sorry, spoiler alert. How far in are you? I finished it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we watched the whole thing. It it's, was crazy. Yeah. And you watch The Matrix. There's a lot to chew on. Yeah, humans. They're a virus. But you reminded me on the comment back with Scott that, hey, hey, are you lost? What'd you say? <laughs> right. Well, when he, he sees this boy out in the wilderness, the creator of this world, and he says, are you lost? And he has this conversation in the interest of keeping it relatively spoiler free. I'll leave that alone. Well, I will say the actress that is kind of the main... Um, she's the one by the bar. The main girl? Yes. She plays the prostitute in, in Westworld. The original, one of the original times I saw her, she was in a movie called The Power of One. And it, I think it was in South Africa, based in South Africa. And it's an amazing movie. It's old movie, but The Power of One. It's way better, way, way more. Uh, I think that's rated R. And I remember that because my mom let me watch it. Are you serious? Yeah, when I was really young. And it's rated R, and that was a big deal. And she explained that this is rated R. I I didn't care, by the way. It was like in her head that she's letting me watch a rated R movie. But she had to justify to us, the kids, why she was letting us watch it. Because of the impact of the story. And I cried. I remember crying. So, just so I know you've got the correct movie, what's the... The gist of the movie, the storyline. He doesn't trust you. There's robot animals, right? <laughs> you are so full of it. And there's one, there's one that overtakes the rest. It's like survival of the fittest robot animal style. Okay, we are talking about two totally different movies. Okay, my mom was crazy. <laughs> this is no, I did see it. 
Go ahead. Why don't you tell me? Just for the... I no. know. Tell the no. listener. For the listener. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. I was young. Also, it was rated R, so I'm scarred. I don't know if it was rated R. I mean, there was some death and stuff like that, but it's really about the power of one individual standing up in the middle of, uh, I think it was apartheid. In South Africa. Was the main character white? Yep. Okay, the, so another trope of the white, victorious white person saving helpless minorities. He was a little kid. I don't think there are minorities. But he grew up. He grew up in... Well, in, they're not minorities in, not over in there. Africa. He grew up there. It was his world. And uh, when they would look at them, they would look at him as equal. And... Uh, it's a really powerful movie. It's more redeeming, a lot more redeeming than the West World. Did they have to bug out? Everybody was bugging out, I believe. But there's not Radiohead being played on an old-timey piano in The Power of One, is there? No. Now rest my case. <laughs> Excellent. So, yeah, that's what I did on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, next Saturday, take in the power of one. <laughs> it's probably like 1987, maybe 1990, 95. Uh, what did you do? Did you do anything exciting? Over the Jeff? weekend? Yeah. Mm, yes. I've been getting a lot done at my home. I've been doing stuff, fixing stuff. Taking care of business? Yep. I've been to Ikea more times than I'd like to... 1992. Sorry. Oh, 1992. Okay. The power of one. The power of one. It's the 1930s, and as the people he cares for die or leave his village, young South African P.K. Bonds... Oh, P.K. Wait. That's right. P.K. P.K. Bonds with much older Doc. A foreigner, Doc, <laughs> is detained when World War II starts, but from his prison cell, he encourages P.K. to learn boxing. Oh, that's right. It's so awesome because the kid starts growing up, and I won't give it away. But it's a really good movie. Anyway, no, I'm not going to watch anyway. it. 1992, Oh, Jeff. Steven Dorff. Steven Dorff is PK. Who's Steven Dorff? He's an actor. PK. Guess who else is in that movie? Yes. Morgan Freeman. Oh, oh my gosh. That's Guess, who else? Guess <laughs> who else is in that movie? James I, Bond. Get out of town. Which one? Daniel... Wait. Oh, Daniel Day-Lewis? Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> yeah. as James Bond. <laughs> He's done my favorite Bond movies. <laughs> he does kind of look like wait, Peter Dalton wait. a little bit, maybe. Oh, sorry. I think you mean Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton, yeah, from the Phillies. Or, no, the <laughs> ginger from uh, the Bengals. Yeah, the ginger. <laughs> yes. Quarterback from the this, Bengals. This is jumping around so much. Andy Dalton is the Peter Dalton of NFL quarterbacks. Okay, whatever. Okay, so this this week I have managed to put a bunch of holes in my wall in our bedroom. Get mad at the wife again or the, <laughs> at the kid? Which one? Which kid? The three-year-old? No, I was getting mad at my house walls. They're, I found out that they're plaster, and about three inches deep, there's a metal. There's just steel. And This is waist high? <laughs> Never mind. Go on. It's bad. About seven feet up. Oh, <laughs> wait, what? I'm putting the bracket in, and I can't even get the screws in. 
I don't even. I don't. I screw screws He's in. Yes, a go. Go yeah, screws I'm, in. I'm, I'm building <clears throat> a closet. Thank you, Lisa. I just I I'm so frustrated, and I get a uh, what are those things called? You try and find the stud yeah, stud finder. I found the stud finder for my neighbor, and that thing didn't work very well. It you don't just, use your wife for that. Uh, and so I, I find a f- few spots. I put little circles, and I start to drill, and it breaks every nail screw I put in, and then I just resort to pounding really hard. So I've got lots of holes, lots of holes. You just gave me so much to isolate in that whole section of statements. Yeah. Thank you. And you- I ended up going back to Ikea, back to Ikea, and returning the whole thing and getting a standalone unit, and it's beautiful. It's Perfect. It's fantastic. Bordering on Trump there. Yeah. yeah. I was say, is it going to make America great again? Can you just? Wig- I'll tell you what. It made my room great again. Wiggle your head a little bit more when you say that. It's perfect. <laughs> Scott, that's just it's the Parkinson's. Perfect. He's older. Don't make fun. Late on. Late onset. <laughs> wow. How old is yeah. Jeff? <laughs> well, he was forty when the Power One came out. Ninety-two. <laughs> So I'm not a math major. Yeah. Oh, that was one year after my high school graduation. I think I think Morgan Freeman was in his prime. Anyway, I fixed all. I fixed that. I fixed the sinks. I pulled a bunch of hair out. Good grief! I've got hair in sinks and bathtubs, and oh my goodness, I never want to see what I saw. I was ready to throw up. It's like I got one of those wire brushes and stuck it down there and twisted it a couple of times. Then I started pulling out. I'm like, oh, there's like an inch of stuff, and then it was just this goopy hairy glob snake thing that was like 14 inches long and I'm sitting there with my boy Caleb who's going daddy what is that yeah going it's just I'm gonna throw up I'm gonna throw up get out of the way this message brought to you by Anderson Valley IPA Hop Otten it's actually not but if they wanted to be a part of that, then yes, it would be brought to them by that. And we can, we can fit them in any segment, any segment, really. It doesn't have to be after the hairy fuzzball, shower, smelly, no. throw-up segment. Which went over really well. We can yeah. squeeze it into the power of one segment. Oh, yeah. yeah. We could squeeze it into putting holes in the wall. Right after Morgan Freeman. Tiny Andy Dufresne. Mm. That's a terrible Morgan Freeman. No, it was good. That's all I got. It was good. I don't have a deep enough voice. No, you can, you can do it. You got to try just try. You know, the higher you go when you say, you, you can do it, Zach. that just tells me. <clears throat> I can't. I, yeah. okay. well, th- anyway. This is episode um, 666 of Bros, Bibles, and Beer. Mm, well, good, just, thing, good thing for textual variance, because we passed 616 back, way back. <laughs> anyway, <when> we, <laughs> scholarly joke. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> we got a couple reviews. Can I read them to you guys? Yeah. We got some feedback. Are they good? Yeah. What what do people say? They're five stars. We got oh, two. Yeah. Go for it. First one is titled Blessed. Not hashtag blessed. Just blessed. Sarcasm. Five stars. I see. Yeah. By 56 Peer Rescue. Lifeguard? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. That that was my guess. Wow. Yeah. I didn't I'm I'm bad with words. You guys make a great <laughs> team. Scott, you are fabulously. And hilariously intelligent. Great. Now he's not going to stop his comments. Keep keep reading. Jeff, you are thoughtful and brave. How does that make you feel, Jeff? <clears throat> so brave. Go on. Zach, you are intuitive and kind. I agree. Aw. And you are highly intelligent, Scott. Did he, is that what he said? 
Can you can you say again? I didn't I didn't catch the whole and part. Fabulously, fabulously and hilariously intelligent. <sighs> well, I I'll try harder, I guess. I didn't make any spelling errors there, did I? And then it says, <laughs> your interviews and conversations have helped me become more open-minded, patient, and understanding, all for the glory of God. Thank you. Oh. That's what he said. Thank you. And thank you, Mr. Rescue. If you're single, male or female, Scott wants to meet you and have you on our podcast. So hit Scott up at scott at brosbiblesbeer.com. Yeah. Yeah. Concur. Second review. <clears throat> Catch yourself laughing and thinking. Five stars. By Bobby RCP, which I happen to know this is Bobby from Roasted Christian Podcast. Oh, hey, Bobby. So check them out. There is some stuff brewing between our podcasts, dare I say. So sometime in the new year, there'll be some kind of a joint operation. But he said, first time listener, and I caught myself wishing I was in the car ride with him to join in the conversation he was listening to the inerrancy conversation. Oh, yeah, that got a little heated. Not just well, to talk the subject matter, but to just hang out with them and laugh. Hard to get that campfire-type discussion captured in a podcast, and they do it very well. Oh, well, thank you, Bobby. Thanks to the Roasted Christians. Yeah. Yeah, keep listening, and uh, we'll, we'll check you out. What? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I yeah. love to hear the feedback. You should check out the uh, Mammoth one. Oh yeah, the, we did that one on the road as the, well. The that, three, was, that was that was fun. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Excuse me. That, there'll there'll that, be another one coming up in a couple months. Oh another, yeah, another, another mammoth. Another epic three ninety five trip. There'll be an, a mammoth episode, and there will also be a Moab episode. If Zach's wife lets him go, because apparently, and it just started to rain, it's, which it's is pretty Zach cool. Zach can get work off, not if his wife can let him go. <laughs> Yeah, it's at the beginning of summer, right? How dare you, Scott? Would you let me go, wife? Yes. Thank you. Signed, your husband. Lisa, can I ask you a personal question? Maybe. Okay. What would be a non-personal question? I'm just Um, curious. If Zach wanted to go, but work was not able to let him off, would you... Do the work for him for those couple days, <laughs> and just a caveat: I, Zach, and I have not talked about this at all, ever, 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 for his sake. I would have to learn how to clean pools. I'm imagining. Oh, the, you don't know how to do that yet. I'm imagining the customers looking outside, <laughs> seeing this small woman with the big. <laughs> he almost said it. Where are we I, going with this? I, I am out of Hold this on, conversation. No, no, no. I want to hear what he says. Small woman Small with the big, with, with the big cleaning pole, <laughs> going Bennett. back and forth. Well, okay. When I went out with Zach, he gave me this big pole, and it was heavy, so heavy. <laughs> I didn't know what to do with it. You just do it like this. You just work yeah. it. Yeah. Back you just do it like this. <laughs> That's what he told you me. You just do it like this. He said you got to get a rhythm back and forth. A rhythm back and forth. <laughs> Scott, you're cracking It's all me up. in the hips. Uh, no, actually, it was in the wrists. And the shoulders. Use your and hips the more. Shoulders, yeah. No. If you just <clears> use your wrists, you'll get carpal tunnel. I can imagine them going, hey, who are you? I'm the pool man's wife. 
I'm the little girl with the big pole. Right, Jeff? <laughs> where is he? He's, where is he, Scott? Where would he be? You gotta use your hips. No, where would, where would Zach be? Ma'am? Lisa's doing the pool cleaning. Oh, uh, we'd be on the whole enchilada. On the, Mo- on the Moab. On the Moab. Okay. Yeah. He might lose customers over that. Why? They wouldn't. Why? I, I mean, think I might gain yeah, some by word of mouth. So, yeah. yeah. She hey. smells much better than our old guy. <laughs> I went once with Zach to do something, and I don't even remember what. Scott, it's an art form. We were draining the swamp pre-Trump. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Only we actually drained it. We didn't invite some of the swamp back in. This is part two of Zach and Lisa's story. And do you remember a, a few tidbits of the first part? You cried. I do. I was think I was sitting in this very, you maybe were. not this very chair, but this very spot. Pretty much. Yeah. And Zach, I... I, I don't I don't, Scott remember. Cried. I don't remember that part. Scott found his heart for a brief moment. And that's okay. It's in my bowels. What are a few things, a few um, takeaways, or, or just if people hadn't heard, which I completely urge you to not listen to this until you listen to part one. What stands out in your mind from that first part, Scott? Yeah, I, I think it was uh, trust in kind of uh, trusting God prior to tragedy I, I, if I remember correctly um, and then sticking together not not looking to their own not looking to please themselves but really working together through it um, so it's not me against you but but the family working together through tragedy because I mean that's that's huge I still don't understand that's why I'm just I said it I think a couple times that I was in awe of just coming through that, but I listened to part one again, just kind of because it had been a, a few weeks to prepare for tonight, and I, I found myself crying uh, to our own podcast because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, my goodness, this is so genuine and honest, and it hurts, and and that's okay, um, and I guess that's what our podcast is about and the three of us. And as we bring people in and share life, we end up with amazing heartfelt stories of redemption and, and also of pain and people suffering through uh, so much. And then to come out the, the other side. It's like our reviewer. There was a reviewer that said we switched from duck jokes to the most serious topics on the fly. Yeah. I'm going to hijack something from Richard Rohr, who I've been reading lately. He'll probably come up later. But hijack from him, who, I don't know, he made this up. Maybe he hijacked from, from someone else. Uh, everything belongs, and that is included in this podcast. The crying, the stupid jokes, the things that anger people, borderline sexism. Oh. Yes, we get your feedback. <laughs> He's saying that directly to me, by the way. It's actually not just you. Yeah, I've heard so, it from a couple people. There's been some pushback. A, you're such a sexist, Lisa. We'll have to talk about that in depth maybe another time. But yes. Yeah, if there's one thing that people I, I think get is that there's no pretense. I mean, we don't really hold back 
from each other or from, I mean, Zach maybe caveat a little too much. I'm working on it. I'm a work in progress. But before I say that, let me, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that, uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think we really hide much and I appreciate Zach and Lisa being open and, uh, I know Jeff, we've, we also went pretty deep into your your life as well with your wife. Um, so I appreciate all of you guys just being open and because uh, uh, it, it's not it's not just wanting to talk, but I think I think there's a deeper purpose um, that we that we all think that we all feel that getting this out helps with either you know the I don't want to call it healing, but just. I don't know, whatever, just just something about getting it out, but then also for other people, if they can find comfort or um, peace peace from hearing it, uh, hearing other people going through it, uh, that is very beneficial to people. You're right, and people stand right next to others, whether it's in the store, you know, when you're grocery shopping or at church, and you're just standing next to people who you have no idea who's standing next to you. Yeah, they could be hurting. They yeah. don't know their. You don't know their story. I mean, we live in Southern California in a nice South Orange County area, so everybody's very pretty. Oh, they put it on. They put that that they, that front. Yeah. Is, is up and. They, but you never know what's going behind that. Going on behind that. Yeah. Lisa. Sorry. Lisa was raising her hand. She has the yeah, talking Lisa, pillow. Sorry. I was just saying, get ready, Scott, because you're going to be next to share. I. F- Thought I shared and was done forever on the podcast. So yeah, I don't think that episode uh, ever came out. Yeah, then I missed that one. Well, you guys got to go back and listen to all f- what? How many have we done? Forty. <laughs> <laughs> if you could, if both of you could go back, and you've asked this question before, Zach, if you could go back and and tell yourself ten years ago after Shane's death, what would you tell yourself in that time? For both of you. Uh, one thing I thought was don't let people's words bother you so much. Because oh. um, we had a very supportive community, but there were people that were uncomfortable with our situation. and and They just stick their shoe in their mouth. Yeah, and there's phrases that were said to me that I can't forget. And there, there was their shoe on their mouth after they had stopped st- stepped in dog shit. Right. What? Um, gotcha. Like specific phrases like, "Oh, you're gonna have more kids." Oh, you're young. Um, so going else? back, so going back now, you would say, "Give just, give grace." Giving giving more grace to those people than right. they're than just trying what to help. I did at the time, yeah. because at the time it. It it really angered me. Like you could just replace anger. Them. You just have you just replace them. I mean, essentially, I mean, that's virtually. <laughs> what, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what not virtually. Saying. That's, that's what basically saying, right? yeah. what they're saying. And I, I, yeah, I don't think anyone would be that malicious, but they just yeah. Anyway, they don't mean it. Yeah. They, don't, they don't mean it. But at the time when you're a super broken, hurting yeah. person, those are those words are daggers. Because nothing nothing prepares you. And so the question really is asking, you know, for wisdom, perspective. So you go back and you're like, don't let it, just let it come in and go out 
and yeah. don't let it bother you. Yeah, because everybody, everybody means well. Everybody means sure. well, and so I have this experience losing a child, and then years later, our pastor Todd loses his brother, and it was like a day or two later, and I see him, mm-hmm. and I ask him how he's doing, and as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was just thinking, fuck, you did it. You hate it when people do that. And you did it. Idiot. And Todd was gracious as always. And I mean, I I know he knows that I really meant how are you doing? It wasn't like a passing thing, but still when you're really grieving, my first thought when I got that was just, well, how how do you think How do you I think am? I'm doing? <laughs> Not great. Right. Yeah, I'm glad. So yes, I lots was, of grace. Yeah, I agree with Lisa. I'm glad I was preoccupied in my mind at that time because I might have said something. Ah, oh, Scott, really you were stupid. there for us. You were great. So for me, I I don't know how I um, I don't know how we did it because, like you said, Jeff, nothing prepares you for scenarios like that, especially when you're 25, and. I guess just leaning on each other, leaning on your loved ones. And I, I, my heart breaks when I think of people that are losing people or have tragedy in their life and they don't have the support group because that was everything. I mean, if it was Lisa and I and we didn't have a close family and community around us, it would have, it could have been a different story if we were just on our own, even with each other. You just, I don't know how that would have played out, but so leaning on that, which we did. Um, so I don't know if that's advice well, for is, my former self. Is but. there any, was there any fight to, or fighting against the idea of letting it define you? Like letting that moment in time define who you were moving forward and like letting fear get in and thinking, you know, like Scott, you mentioned at the end of the, you know, the first part of this, um, Aubrey and having the uh, seizure. The seizure. Right. And, and so stuff like that, like it's defining who you are and how you view the world and how it's you like view. It's like the first thing you think about almost. Right. Mm-hmm. Did you, have you fought that? Has it defined you? Did it define you for moving forward from there? And I wanted to ask a similar question. So then, yeah, when you got were pregnant with Aubrey, then is it now? Yeah, is it going to be the same? Right? Yeah, it was super stressful. Yeah, yeah. I remember the first. I mean, the first ultrasound, you'd see the heartbeat and everything's fine. But I think it was that twenty-week one, where I just remember. I mean, everything is kind of fuzzy from back then, but. I just remember going to the doctor and thinking, just almost being terrified, like, what are they going to, what's going to be revealed and what are we going to have to deal with next? Because it's going to happen. And because of our history, I was immediately high risk pregnancy. Yeah. No matter how good it was going, I was basically put in this category of high risk from now on because of the previous situation. So... I saw the specialist doctors did all the like specialist um, 4D ultrasound kind of stuff. And I actually had to become an advocate for myself with that because they 
oh, well, you really should have an amnio and you should do genetic testing and you should do all these things. And I basically just had to say no and not have them force me into that stuff. Um, So in that way, that was empowering for me to say, this is my body. This is my pregnancy. You're not going to force me to do stuff I don't want to do. And um, so that did define me a little bit in finding a voice for myself, I would say, but definitely fear. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And thinking back, we we mentioned a little bit last episode, but being an advocate for yourself and for your kid can't be stressed enough. And I think at the time I trusted authority, I trusted authority figures, whether it's in church, um, politics, my political party, doctors, and so I went in with it. We're going to do what they recommend. And this is not a plea to disregard that, but life is messy and nuanced, and that includes medicine, where, they, grief, where yeah. they talk about it as a practice. <laughs> and think about that in literal terms. They're literally practicing medicine. If you think about it's not like a, it's not like ironclad science. Where, where it's like you do this to achieve this result is literally constant practice. They're either, they're, yeah, they're, Which either, is they're either practicing or experimenting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Scott has some, you have some standing there I, because yeah. you were a, a medic in the army. Yeah, and, and worked and in the ER for a year and a half. And there's, there's a great book called uh, How Doctors Think, if you want to uh, check that out. But uh, the doctors have so much going through their mind. It's, not only the patient, it's the insurance company. It's uh, maybe the the, the latest uh, study that came out on uh, on high risk pregnancy or or, or whatever. The, their, their reputation. Their reputation. Yeah. Um, um, maybe their last patient. Something didn't quite go right. Um, there the, there are things that uh, though and you talk about being an advocate for yourself um, and 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 then. Which Zach, you're just like you trust you trust the people that you should trust, which is normal. But it's not necessarily how you should operate. So, and and not to kind of go out. This might I'll just make it quick. So my 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 uncle and uh, my, so my on my dad's side, they had a cup. Him and his wife had a couple of miscarriages. Um. They would have made. They would have made great parents. Uh, they were just organized. Uh, well, I say that, but I, they they would they would have planned for it and would have would have gone through the you know the the proper steps and had they, the kids would have gone to college debt free and all that stuff. But I looked on the bookshelf and they had books on how to raise kids, and so I you know I'd see that and I'm like, man, it's kind of it's kind of terrible, you know, they because they were ne- they were never never able to have kids. But just that leading into, I think a lot of parents read books on how to raise kids, but do 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 soon to be parents, or um, do, do they do they look at how to go? Are there how to go through pregnancy books? How to deal with doctor books during pregnancy? Wait, how to deal with pregnancy books with doctors? You know I'll, what I mean. I'll answer that. There are so. So, uh, because it, because how do you know that you're supposed to be <laughs> your own advocate 
You can't wait until, right, until this happens. So how, how, how do you know you're supposed to do that? Because um, that... Yeah, I mean... Hopefully that's some of what this podcast can do for people is inform that... And it's funny, Lisa and I have been talking about maybe writing a book, um, which we really have to brainstorm that. But that's another aspect that I hadn't thought of before that would definitely have to be in there is the experience of trusting the doctors and then coming out of that and learning it's not always black and white, like most of life. Yeah. It's rarely black and white. Yeah. And, and then with medicine, there, there there are studies that like once once a doctor introduces a medication to a pregnant woman, the chance of a problem pregnancy goes up. It actually goes up once they introduce one medication. So there, there are things that people need to research, like what, what are you putting in my body? What are the effects? Mm-hmm. There, there's stuff that, yeah, you, you got to look at. It's more than just raising the kids we live in America and yeah, we probably have the lower lowest death rates or, or whatever, but there's still complications and you got to right. consider those things. Um, yeah. yeah. So the trusting authority thing has changed a lot for me, <laughs> probably to a little bit of a fault, like the pendulum from trusting authority figures. You're questioning everything to now. I think it's starting to balance back out. So you're going to trust Trump. Is that, is that what it's going to bounce back to? Oh, God, no. That was a good segue. Oh, okay. Anyway, so... <laughs> I would say something that could have defined me was guilt um, in the choices we made. And, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, And um, that is something that could have probably torn us both down. Um, but... I think we both recognize that we did the best we could. <laughs> we we made the choices that we thought were right for us, for him, for everybody, the family. Um, but that's something that could just eat you alive. Um, yeah. And for me, though, it, it was the fear, for sure. Um, I had two healthy, fabulous pregnancies after that and two healthy great, you know, no problems, um, with the next two kids, but I lived in fear when they were babies with going to the doctor, you know, the whole vaccine thing, the, them starting to crawl and then walk and then (laughs) going outside to play. Yeah. Just everything. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't climb on there. Don't jump off that. Don't, you know, because I was so like, I cannot, yeah. Helicopter mom. Same thing. Mm -hmm. I, I, the thought I cannot lose another kid. Yeah, is like a off and on operating procedure. Kind of not directly on the surface, but it's definitely underlying everything. Just like this, this bed of Mm. don't lose another kid. Don't lose another kid. Just subtly, it's exhausting. It sounds. It really is. Yeah, it is. Like a big one for me has been. I is is fear not so much fear in what they're doing. I find myself I, I'm on the other end from Lisa from that. I, I just want to be like let they're gonna play. They, they'll be fine. Um, they might fall and skin their knee, but that's part of being a kid. But fear, as in just flashes in my head the worst day nightmares of losing one of them. Whether it's like 
almost every week as I'm leaving my house for work, I think, what if one of them ran out to say goodbye again and I backed over him? Oh, gosh. And it's, and it's hyper real in my head. And there's like a few minutes of just terror and, uh, oh, man, I, I don't even know how to describe it. But it, it passes. It's not an active thing, but it just flashes up. And I know that wouldn't have been there had we not lost Shane, but... Um, it is a constant well, or battle. Maybe to a much lesser degree. I think parents have those yeah, for sure. here and there, but we're just on hyper mode because yeah. of it. But cause you hear stories of that. Those things happen from time yeah. to time. But when you actually experience that loss, it goes from, well, yeah, that stuff happens, but that happens to other people. That's how most people cope with bad news. Well, it wasn't me. I'm not connected with them. It's not going to happen to me. But then when you do lose somebody, it did happen to you for whatever the reason it happened and it can happen again. And that's always there. So do you, do you think you're, um, just let them go, let them, you know, almost be free type of thought was trying to maybe subconsciously trying to balance out or pull your wife from just a being in a bad place. Does that make any sense? Maybe subconsciously. What's scary is at the time I didn't even realize I was doing it. Mm. This is all how all moms are, right? <laughs> and when was it? Not like that. When, did you no. s- when would you say you realized it? It took not a long lo- time. Not that it was long like ago. Three years ago. Yeah. So Aubrey was already. So after six. seven years. Yeah, it was on a women's retreat <laughs> that it all, like, came into my face. But you, yeah, you don't realize that stuff can stick with you for a while, bef- bef- and then it, it's years, and it's like... Well, and you don't even that, realize yeah. you're behaving from <laughs> yeah. that place. You right, think, I'm yeah. being a good mom. I'm yeah. I'm watching out for them. I'm making sure they're safe. I'm I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing as their parent. But it was coming out of this, like crazy fear and not trusting God with them and not even trusting really myself with them, which, which I realized. Mm. Now, some people don't even get to that point where they realize they've been carrying stuff and it's been affecting their behavior. Probably most people are living with things that are literally controlling them and they have no idea. Yeah, it's a tough place to be in because you're just blind. Some people deny yeah. it. I, I, I probably suppress things that. Well, probably some, some of it's to protect your, yourself. Evolution. Yeah. <laughs> I do feel like there is something there. If I real quick yeah. zero in on Scott, I, you know, I. Wait, hold on. Let him talk. Let, 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 me, talk. let me say something, and then <laughs> you respond. So, quick diversion. There is a pattern if you're paying attention and we definitely on the podcast and we definitely know it, Jeff and I, just from outside of the podcast conversations. If you ask Scott what he thinks, you're not going to hear what he thinks. You're going to hear what the Bible says. I thought we were talking about Lisa. We are. We'll get we'll get back. Maybe this is a teaser for we're going to dig into Scott, but it is interesting. I told you to get ready. There is this. There's this is a setup. There's almost this thing where <laughs> Scott, I think, is wants to say what he wants to believe, and maybe some of it he does believe, probably most of it. But there's this rejection of actually saying 
what's going on inside of him. So there is the, you admitting that there's probably stuff you're suppressing, I think is kind of a big deal. And I don't know that you would have admitted that a few years ago. Not out loud. <laughs> and you're never going to do it again now. <laughs> never, ever. And I'm never crying. Just bury that on this podcast. Down. Zach, do you need some help peeling that layer of onion back from Scott there? I think I just planted a seed in Scott. Yeah, we'll get to it. And it's going to bear fruit eventually. Deep inside. Deep inside. And we planted it. And we'll, we'll get to it you know, at some yeah. point. Because Zach likes to Later work on, with we'll, long. We'll talk about it. Yes, we can. Anyway. Right. Where were we? Back. Back but the thing with that, though, is you operate out of this place that you may not even recognize, and you don't, you don't even know the freedom that you're missing out on. Mm. And that's the crazy part about it, is when you can really self-reflect and, and recognize, like, why do I respond that way when that person says that to me or why do I act like that or why do I get so defensive in that situation um and you can focus on that and and do forgiveness and and recognize your woundedness there and work through that the freedom on the other side is so much better (laughs) and and it can be a major long process but Mm -hmm. it's worth it so moving forward here because there's a whole lot more uh to life here you guys you have aubrey you have gwen and they're nine and seven yep and and so you have this family um and things are great right oh every day (laughs) and according to according to zach you've been working on more and i mean this is what he Maybe practicing, but we're not having more. <laughs> like doctors you practice medicine. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Practice is good. Even, even experimenting. Yeah, nothing's uh, gotten past <laughs> the goalie. Choose your next words carefully. <laughs> nothing's gotten past the goalie, apparently. Yeah. Now, I'm four more kids, but not so much that I demand it as her leader. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can't even say that without laughing. Her eyes just rolled. <laughs> we found out we we uh, the listeners found out last last week that we co-lead. Yes. Anyway, so I would be okay with kids. Lisa, however, having a fourth pregnancy, not on her to-do list as of yet. So we'll see how that goes. Well, and I'm almost thirty-eight. Modern science, modern medicine. They're not practicing anymore. They figured it out. I really wanted to get to something that you mentioned in the part one, which was we haven't even talked about the time I lost my faith. You lost your faith. Oh, I lost it. How long ago was it's this? It's gone. It's gone. And? So wait, wait I, seriously? It's funny that you use those words because I asked him the other day, uh, we were talking with a friend and I said, did you lose your faith or did it shift and change? Because I think there's a distinction there. The faith that I had before does not exist. That, that, that's not I the same. I think that's I the distinction, yeah. though, that, yeah. that I'm getting at. It's meant to be a little dramatic. How dare you? This is real, honest talk, Zach. <laughs> Crater. I thought it was out both ends. Well, that too. <laughs> hey, what comes out of... Okay. ...is honest. So, honestly, Zach, Zach what, did you, what did you go through? You know, it's tough to 
crystallize completely. I didn't realize what was going on, but I think talking about that, losing that authority, that respect for authority was a default position for me. Very conservative, Republican, very excited when the presidential elections would come around, even up until, ah, man, that first Obama election. 2008. Against McCain or Romney? McCain. Mm, I think it was McCain, yeah. So against McCain, I did not like McCain then, so I guess I had started to lose it then. I'm processing right now. But that first Obama election was... So, I, I mean, sorry, I'm sorry. Please do. What does your faith have to do with the presidential election? That's a great question. <laughs> that is fabulous. And now I feel embarrassed, but my faith was tied to my politics. Wow. Okay, so that... Mm, Look at man, Scott. So much. I want so much to say. Well, do you have a, I'm going to let you go. No, keep going. I want you to go. go if you have Zach. a follow-up question. So, very much conservative, Republican, evangelical, in which you voted and the government, you voted for morality, you voted for the proper leaders to be in place to turn the country around. This You see how this theme never dies for a certain segment of the political populace to bring America back. Uh, in four years, when it's a new election, it'll be... The, the Democrats won't say, make America great again, but they will say, take America back. It, it recurs every four years. But with, yeah. with the conservative religious right angle, I was definitely religious right. So I couldn't imagine how a Democrat could be a Christian. Uh, I, I assumed it was possible because God is just that good. But in my head, it was like, <laughs> that's bullshit. There's no way. But back then, I wouldn't have thought this is bullshit. I would have thought. You know, praise be to God, whatever. I don't know. Something cleaner without bullshit. Glory! So if you're a Democrat, you're, you vote to kill babies. You yeah. are not a Christian. Uh, Republicanism is the way. My uncle, we would see him every holiday, and he would, the first thing he would say as he picked us up, this is when we were little kids, who are we? And we would repeat, because we've been trained, we're Republicans! <laughs> and you go, who are we? We're Republicans! Come on, help me out, guys. Who are we? We're, We're Republicans! Republicans! So that was implanted at a very early age. And so it was kind of, they were married. And that's still going on now. They're, not for me, but there's still that yeah. connection. If, if there's a message to the church, political affiliation is not married to your faith. It mostly comes from uh, not knowing your Bible, not knowing your New Testament, and studying how Jesus operated. That would eliminate a lot of these connections. Zach, can I ask you a question right there? So would you advocate for people to actually know and, and read and, and maybe study, understand, be familiar with their Bible? Does that surprise you? It, uh, yes. I, in your faith journey, I think it, it, it does on this point, yes. Well, I think the media is the one who sets everything up and says uh, um, conservative, Republican, evangelical, and they lump it together, and, they, and then you get two sides. Then you have the leaders jumping on, like Franklin Graham is recently going on a thank you tour with Donald Trump to thank all the... Um, 
evangelicals for getting out the vote to save America. They that, tell you that what type you of thing are. is not necessarily wrong by itself, but I think it reveals a deeper issue that needs to needs to die. I think that there needs to be a separation from living like Christ. I don't even want to say be a Christian, although being a Christian, if it was being like Christ, just say, a, just put the word true in there. A Christ follower. If you're I'll a true say, Christian, living like Christ. And living like Christ is available to, to anyone. And if you separate that from your politics and you realize that political power is not going to be the answer, you can't, don't have your hope in political power because it's going to let you down. The kingdom of this world preach, is political preach, power. Preach, it, Zach. It, it is empire. It is American empire. It's UK empire. It's the European Union empire. Putin. It's Putin. It creates a Kim Jong Il. Un. So, I'm probably getting ahead of myself. Yeah, the, but but just to comment, the Franklin Graham with Donald Trump that creates a cynicism from those who aren't. Right, and it's not. I gotta do. I do need to caveat a little bit because this isn't saying voting is bad, or if you really have convictions about a person, you shouldn't vote for him. That's not the idea. But the idea is marrying your hope to some sort of political power to make America right and back to being Christian uh, as your hope is you're putting your hope in the wrong thing. Correct. So I, would you yeah, say that ahead. there's a, a spiritual reality and truth that isn't visible in the world we live in? Is I, that... I, I think so, but I don't live and die on being certain about that or pro- proclaiming that type of thing, certainly to people in conversation because I just don't, I just don't know anymore. That's one thing I've lost is the whole, an anchor in spiritual, what actually happens in the spiritual realm. I mean, there's certain things that believe are happening or I, I don't think the, the physical that we have here and now is all that there is, but how that stuff plays out spiritually, I don't know. I'm not as confident as I used to be. So definitely lost the Evangelical stuff. Scott, why are you pointing at me? I'm asking. So can you give us some specifics? Well, I'll say. Specific ideas. So losing Shane, I think think losing Shane set off a chain reaction that is only recently truly being felt. A chain reaction of losing respect for tradition and authority slowly. So when I lost Shane, I feel death more. I... I empathized with loss more. And so all it was a little bit slow because I do remember feeling good about what we were doing in Iraq initially. Like when we went to war and we were just blowing shit up. I remember this makes me sick now, but it wasn't quite celebration, but it was damn near close. Like, yeah, we are going to fuck that shit up. <laughs> we're going to. And we did. And we did. <laughs> initially. We we did, and we're still doing it in, in parts, but that I started to question that. So I started to question just the wanton disregard for human life, even if they were the enemy, because I knew how it would feel for the families. So that's what went slowly. So you've said that it was a political shift first, and then... Uh faith shift yeah after that i i definitely realized that 
at first it was kind of that Republicans are for the wars or they, most of them would not say they're pro-war, but they would say this is necessary stuff. We're combating evil. Um, it's stuff we have to do to keep America safe. And I used to buy into that. That started to go away with just hearing politicians just totally disregarding uh, human life, joking about bombing Iran, McCain saying that song, bomb, 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 Iran. And all the reporters laughed. And I just, I just think, really? We're talking about human life here. And not just human life of the enemies, but people around them that are civilians, that have nothing to do with the conflict, that are living their day-to-day lives, and they're being destroyed. Um, laugh about that? So even then, it's like you could argue for the conflict, maybe, but just that callousness towards human life okay, by so, our leaders. So, Lisa, did you see um, a change during this time with Zach? I mean, was it evident? Was he leading differently? Was he acting differently? You mean co-leading differently? Yeah, I don't think he was ever really <laughs> leading at that point. Okay, I'm just kidding. I yeah. mean, there are conversations <laughs> happening, but it was such a... It, it, took years for like these things to unravel. And, and so, but I think we've, we've both moved maybe me slightly behind him in it, but like we both have moved politically towards the middle. I think we both have been more, there's no allegiance like there was yeah, before. Yeah. We don't pledge allegiance to a political party. Yeah, that's gone. And I, I have to say, I don't, I was never vulnerable, not never. I think it would come out in when we were talking about current events and stuff, she could probably sense things, but there was never this direct, I'm changing and here's why. And I don't even think I knew why I was changing. Yeah. So that's hopefully why that wouldn't be the case because, because I love talking to you and being honest about those things, but sometimes you just don't know what you're doing. Are you oh, talking you, to me or are you talking to Yeah, I was to talking Lisa. to you. I mean, Lisa too, but Scott, for sure. Well, sometimes right, he does that. tell other people things. He's like, no, I told you that. I'm like, nope. I know. Cry to your bros, but get, good try. Gets, <laughs> so you like talking to your wife. Okay, good. That's good. That's good. I think that's a lesson for married couples all over the world. Okay, for the both of you, do you, if you had to... So me and Scott? Rate. <laughs> if you had to rate <laughs> um, your marriage one... To five, five being, five being. You know, you you each have to hold up a finger and you cannot look at each other. I'm not okay. saying that between. No, no. I'm not playing. Oh a my silly gosh! I can't believe. TV. Oh my god! I Actually, can't believe. It could be fun. Scott's standing in between us. I cannot see oh my, my wife. Goodness. Scott. Lisa, just Lisa, just go with it. Okay, Scott, sit down. No. <laughs> hold up. Oh, Zach, I can't believe you held up that finger. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really want us to do that? No. I uh, will. No. No, not the holding up fingers. But I, I want you to rate your marriage. Um, when? One to five now. Now. I want to give you the follow-up, though, which is going to be, if it's not a five, where in you or in your relationship could you improve and be better to take it Towards a five. We've done so s- define a five. So we've done similar Ooh, things. I just pulled a Scott there. I'm sorry, Lisa. Define a five. Um, <laughs> have you been listening to all of our podcasts? She does. 
Okay. I listened to You're a quarter welcome. of them. I would say I would say five does not exist. Practically. I'm going to caveat Zach's statement. I would say five does not exist consistently. There are glimpses Mm -hmm. in times where it's like things are clicking. Communication is good. Everything is good. Okay. Give a scenario of like things are clicking. That's graphic. That's really graphic. It ends. ends How dare you, Jeff? It ends in giving Mm -hmm. Gwen... And communication, and little brother or sister. Okay, you say communication basically. is is great. Just in general, you if you're married, you know there's times where you if you if okay if you're married and you still like your wife and you and you love her because some people love because they have to, but they don't right. actually like. Right. I like my wife, and if you are married and you still like your wife, you know there there are these times where just things aren't in sync, and for whatever reason. Things aren't in sync, so. I'm going to say 4.8. I was going to say 4.5. What brings it up 0.1? I don't, just being in sync. I don't have a secret formula. Is there, is there something that. I I could, I have a thing. Go for it. Go for Um, it. I would say we both sometimes have certain feelings going on, frustrations, not even with each other, but other things. And we won't always communicate it necessarily because we both process um but you can feel that tension like there's something off and if we're not honest about what's off or we're trying to figure it out then it feels like what what's going on with them a little disconnected yeah yeah there's not where we could work on and are working on being honest as we were processing whatever we're processing as opposed to after the fact after the fact it's always we're always really good but, like, this is where I'm at right now. This is what I'm struggling with right now and offering that to this each other. This is why I want to yell at the kids without them doing anything wrong. I, th- I think that's a good point, Zach, though. And, and Lisa, what you said is Thanks, Scott. Is that you? there might be a disconnect, but not necessarily with each other. But I think a l- I'm going to go out on a limb here because I have no experience in this. But I think there are couples that take external uh, disturbances out on each other, and that is detrimental to your relationship. So recognizing that what's bothering you is not your family and not, and then you, you realize, okay, I'm not going to react the same to my family that I would to this external disturbance, whatever it is, probably most likely work or uh, whatever, but um, other relationships. Yeah, that you you don't get short with your family because someone else outside of your family is bugging you. Yeah. Right. But then also, how do you, learning how to engage with when it is your family that's <laughs> bugging you? <laughs> because that obviously no, just, happens. Right. Just because we're people and we're in close relationship. Yeah. That's going to happen. You have that going on. You never say anything. Your husband thinks, I'm a pile of dirt. I'm worth nothing in this home right now. And you have no idea that it has nothing to do with you. And <laughs> that so engaging in the conversations of, you know what? This is what's going on. It's driving me nuts. And uh, don't, I don't want you to think it's you. And then yeah. there's a conversation. Yeah. And the burden is lifted. Or it's not even a burden. It's just like a tension within... Yeah. A home. And you can, when you've 
been with somebody for so long, you can just sense it or you can see it on their face and they don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, I don't bullshit well with Lisa. Just in general. I think friends, too, can tell when I'm I'm not well or I'm in a, a place. I don't hide things well. And Lisa, of course, she's my wife. So... All the every every time she knows, she knows when to give me space and or when to ask. Your wives know we're not perfect, and we yell at each other sometimes. The kids yell at each other. Thanks, Aubrey. Well, my daughter just brought up some beers. Yelling at each other. We've only had two screaming arguments. Well, you know, I consider not talking yelling sometimes. But anyways, silent yelling, circling back a little bit (laughs) to the authority thing and conservatism. So I I think as I lost that assurance in the political system of being a Republican and a Republican Christian, that started a process of questioning traditions I was given. So you were Republican because that was Christian and true for me back then. Mm. And that was tied to your faith. And you believe X, Y, and Z about your faith in the Bible. And it's all kind of connected. And at the time, I wouldn't have said it was connected. I would have said it's separate. I believe in Jesus. But they're they're so connected that through the years, I slowly started to tear down, not knowingly at first, anything that I held that was given to me traditionally. I'm only realizing this after the fact that I was slowly tearing down traditional beliefs politically and religiously that I thought were for sure right. And I was starting to realize we're wrong. And that's what started the faith, uh, quote, deconstruction. So what are some examples? An example, like religiously? Yes. Like things you believed and now you're like, oh my gosh, this... Would be a young earth belief, young earth, six day creation model. What Genesis says is six 24 hour days. And your, your reading of the Bible is based on that start. And if you can't get that right, then I I don't see how you could believe in the Bible and Jesus, which is funny to say, believe in the Bible because I would have never said it at the time, but I had a belief in the Bible. I didn't have a belief in Jesus. Back then, I would have said I did, but I didn't. Hindsight. I had a, had a question, and now I can't. So, do you think? So now you don't think it's important. Is it okay if someone believes that it it is that way? Yeah, it's almost beside the point. Whether, however, God did it, or however the world was created and the universe. When you do some digging into that passage, and I'm definitely resting on the shoulders of giants, I cannot off the top of my head back all the stuff up, but when you do a lot of digging into Genesis, you realize that the intent of the author was not a scientific explanation of how the universe was created. There's something bigger going on, something more meaningful, I believe. And so now, while I don't hold to a firm young earth. I'm, I'm more like, I'm okay with the science saying that the universe is 
X number of years old. I don't have a problem with that. It, and I don't, I don't have a problem with people believing that it was six 24 hour days because honestly we could, we could be in the new heaven and new earth or whatever. And it turns out that, yeah, man, it was all there. I wrote it for you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Like if that's how it ends up being fine, I don't, I'm not like, it's not, my identity is not tied. My faith is not tied to how that happens or not. I can appreciate scientific literature, literature and explore what science has to offer. My faith is not contingent on that. It's just one aspect of it because the intention of the author originally and the audience wouldn't, would not have read it as some kind of a scientific explanation. I can't wait for to sit down with Jesus and he's like, they were all movie scripts, future movie scripts. You didn't know? And there was Shawshank Redemption. I'm not yeah, going to laugh at that, Jeff. That's, you guys could have gotten rich. So God wanted us to get rich. <laughs> Star Wars, all of it. It's all, Man, there if was... you would have just had faith, you could have been rich. <laughs> anyway. The faith of a mustard seed, Jeff. <laughs> That's all it takes. <laughs> So creation was one of them. Another one was hell. Hell is a good example of something that I would have professed to believe existed, you know, in the traditional sense that God sends people to hell who do not say the sinner's prayer, and he sends them there eternally because you have sinned against an eternal God, so even one sin is worth that eternal punishment. By the way, that's not in the Bible. That's something we've Wait, which part? The sinning against an eternal God equals you deserve eternal punishment is not... That's a man-made construction. It's a theological construct. It has theological... You can make a theological argument for it that I disagree with. However, you can make that argument, but not a biblical argument. When, okay, when you say not a biblical, does that mean that it's not supported by the Bible? Right, like not directly. You have to okay, do okay. some jump. You, so, you, so not everything you that can piecemeal it. So not everything that people claim is biblical is right. biblical. Right. I agree. Yeah, so I like agree with you, say, Scott. Watch God yourself. won't give you more than you can handle. Find that in the Bible. So I did. Yeah, I you agree. Exactly. I agree with you. That's another one people said to us. No, yeah, that's, oh, that is. That's in Acts twenty nine. And I, my my first thought, by the way, <laughs> the uh, there's no Acts twenty nine. <laughs> yes, that's where you can find that. My first thought is that you're getting, wait, you're wait, is there, Scott? I'm gonna I'm gonna double check. Go ahead, Zach. Sorry. My first thought when people say that thing is, oh really? Because he gave my son more than he could handle, and it, <laughs> and it it's brutal. <laughs> I, by the way, I've never said that to somebody. <laughs> that would be horrible. Not directly, but I've, <laughs> I've used it in this context of exploring these things. Like, you you really think that. Because every day somebody dies that had more than they can handle. And then in my head, I say, shut the f- up. But but outside, I just nod and smile. So anyways, uh, realizing things that were in the Bible that I knew were in the Bible were not actually there. That played a big part. So I, I was actually looking into things and starting to make my faith my own as opposed to trusting what I was given in tradition. And so... And for a while, I had this modality of tradition is the worst. And it was part of this pendulum swinging back from trusting tradition, politically and spiritually. And then it swung to trust trust nothing. And I still default more towards trust nothing, uh, which I think is an appropriate place to be 
not that you can't trust anything, but don't trust anything just for the sake of trusting it. Know why you're trusting it. So hell, the traditional model of hell, I don't believe is supported in scripture, which is an eternal hell, uh, just in general. Uh, that's changed. And so these things start changing. And there was this chain of reaction of of events and, and realizing beliefs I held weren't were not even, I thought that's what God was. I thought it was spoken by God. Turns out it wasn't. There was this time where I was questioning everything about my faith. Never really that there was not some creative force that started the universe, whatever you would call God, but definitely like, is a faith in Jesus even warranted? Is, is any of the stuff that Christians hold to is it bullshit? So much I realize is bullshit that the majority of Christians believe still because they're trusting tradition. And it's like tradition built upon tradition, built upon tradition. And before you know it, it becomes part of the dogma and part of the canon of your faith. And when you do a little digging and thinking for yourself, you realize there's so many more ways to read scripture. There's so many more streams in Christianity that have so much more to say that are, that are under Christ. And the context of something you may have learned is totally different from what you were taught. For sure. For sure. And and reading in the context and, and really for the first time over the last few years, trying to read the Bible, how, how it would have been meant to be read at the time. What would it have meant to them? And that changes a lot. And that's not the only way you can read scripture. That's not the only way you should read scripture, but that's probably a good baseline as opposed to like, like gone for me now is the bumper sticker stuff like Jeremiah. What is it? 1711 or something like I know the plans that I have for you plans Uh, to prosper you. Um, Whatever that is, I'm butchering it, but Christians like to apply that to our lives directly like that was spoken to us. And no, it had a real context and there might be meaning in it for us now, but let's actually do some digging and see what it might've meant to them. And it turns out maybe it actually just applied to them. You know, not talking about just that Jeremiah passage, but any passage because that, that changes a lot. So I, I realized that my faith was in the Bible and in my faith structure and in this house, my faith was a house of cards that, you just took out a couple little pillars, is generous to call those cards that were holding it up, and it started to fall. And I, I did realize that this is where all those people that you hear about losing their faith and just like throwing, throwing baby Jesus out with the bathwater, it. I, I was near that point, and I don't think I was actually act close to doing that, but it. I could see and empathize with the Dave Bazans or the the previous Christian leaders that have given up their faith because their faith may or may not have been built on a good argument or an idea as opposed to something deeper. That was long. I don't, I don't know where we were. It was good. It was good. It felt good. I mean, maybe that doesn't turn out good, but I'm not going to lie. That <laughs> Keep felt going. good. Keep going. Do you, do you believe that, the Holy Spirit dwells in your heart and that God can speak to you? 
Um, it sounds weird to say I don't know how to answer that question. Man, that was almost Jack Nicholas right there. <laughs> Wendy. <laughs> Light of my life. <laughs> I, I hate to... Uh, I'm cor- not going to hurt you. I hate to correct Scott, but he just mentioned a professional golf player and not an actor. I'm sorry, Jack Nicholson. Yeah, we knew what you meant. Thanks, Jeff. I didn't. Jerk. Oh. Jack Nicholson is... No, the Jack, bear, the golden bear? Jack Nicholas is actually the Jack Nicholson of golfing, is what Scott meant to say. Exactly. That's what Keep I going, thought. Zach. That's what I thought. Thank you. <laughs> Keep now going, Zach or Lisa. I'm picturing an old golfer poking his head through the door that he <laughs> bashed out with an axe. He's got an axe in his golf bag. <laughs> Maybe it was a golf club? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I, he sounds like. Otherwise, I'd do an impression of, Here's Johnny! That was my Jack Nicholas. That was more like Johnny Carson. <laughs> no, oh, that was Ed McMahon. Or Ed McMahon introducing Johnny Carson. <laughs> Wendy, darling. Um, that was good. Where was I? Mm-hmm. I just asked you a question. What was the question? He wasn't. Lisa, you never he, listened. Yeah, Lisa, you never he was listened. not listening to your question. Now we're down to 8.4. Do you okay. think that... Do you believe that... Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit resides in your heart and that God can speak to you. And I ask this partially because you, when we talk with the girls about things, you say that the Holy spirit, um, can, is praying on your behalf. Even when you don't know what to pray, the Holy spirit intercedes for you. So I want to understand in your mind how that all connects. There's another verse relating to Christ doing the same or for Jesus doing the same thing. And I have heavily been relying on that because I don't know how to pray a lot at times now. I'm done faking prayer. And I I think I realized how often when I prayed, I was either trying to manipulate God or manipulate people that were around when I was praying. Mm. And, And that's gone. So I know that you have noticed, Lisa, that when I'm praying... Sometimes I say more, sometimes I don't. If I don't have it, I don't say it. So the faking is gone. So relying on if there's this force sustaining all things that we call God or or Christ, you know, you look at, I think, in the beginning of Corinthians and Ephesians and Colossians and uh, John... There is this force, Christ. The that, force. He's, this, he's the worldly the force. force. Yeah. yeah. The dark side and the light side, right, Scott? Star Wars. He's not the dark side. But, but anyway. if there is this all-powerful sustainer, sustaining things, that knows all things, the idea of praying for people or praying for things directly, like asking for better stuff or asking to feel better or asking for healing even, and I know this gets sticky and unpopular in Christian circles. I have a hard time doing that right now. Can I can I just you now you go to the the how people might misuse the what is taught in scripture, but over and over in scripture we are taught to pray, intercede, pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. So just to let's let's is praying without ceasing. Let's forget about a visit, like actually saying a prayer without ceasing. 
Or is well, it a well, mode no, so, of so even even going there, even that is a misuse of of the text. So forgetting forgetting other people. No, I'm just talking about myself. Yeah. So so you you do that. So so you and you and you're you're beyond that now. So I'm just saying. Wait, I do what? Yeah. So over and over, we are admonished by the right. apostles to continually seek God to pray, um, and it's described as praying without ceasing. I feel like so, I'm doing that. It just doesn't involve a literal prayer, like "Dear Jesus." No, that, that's X, fine. Y, and no, 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 that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. But but we've we've got to. I. I it, it, Looking at other people and, and how they misuse prayer, I, I totally get that. But what is what is the admonition for the believer, for the Christian in the New Testament on how we should pray? I, th- I think that's what we should get at because it's... it's no, I, 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 so the I, love, I love criticizing people. I do it all the no, time. No, I'm not. I'm actually not... Cri- I right. hope you didn't read it as me criticizing I, I, I was, yes. But, but, and, no, I was and, talking about for myself only. Right, yes. Okay. But I, so, I do want to add with that, do you think it's the emphasis on, because that's how we connect to God, that's the relationship. So it's making that relationship most important. So, yes. Because it's something this, I, f- I fail at. Way too much. I, I fail at, but yes, I I, I agree. That, but I think that's right. what the enforcement of those verses is: is stay connected to God in relationship, and that's how prayer allows you right. to do that. It's yeah. taking the time. It's sitting with God. It's and more talking it's a, and listening. It's, connect, it's similar to most worship now, where worship is more about making you feel a certain way and getting you in a place where you feel like you're worshiping God. As opposed to doing the right thing or singing the right way or doing something correctly to please God. It's it's more about getting you in a spot where you recognize, I'm going to make more of him and make myself less right yes, now. Yes, yes. But, but you don't... But and so and so that's I think that's kind of my point also is that you don't criticize the worship necessarily. You got to you got to you got to look intrinsically into to yourself when you approach the throne of God. You're looking inwardly before you take communion. You're looking inwardly right. first. So I So let I me mean, tell you, Scott. Oh, please. You, you're right. I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. There is a whole bunch of stuff I should be doing, but when you, I, I think what I'm done doing is faking. So no, I, and I, I, I'm okay, I'm okay with that. So yeah. it, it, it definitely involves knowing some of the passages that implore us to pray a certain way or encourage us to ask and, and it will be given to you. All those passages I'm aware of. See, I, I don't even, I don't even know what that means. Like, 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 like how, how people are misapplying that no, ask no, and it will be given to I you. I think you're projecting right now. Mm, well, possibly. Um, so for, I'm just saying for me, I'm aware of these passages that you can go to to teach you how to pray or to be comfortable in asking God for things and be praying. However, when you don't have it, and sometimes I don't have it, I'm just done faking it. And I'll just, I'll talk, I'll talk to God and tell him I got nothing. So please have something for me and relying on the interceding end on the other end of the all-knowing creator of the universe 
I don't think God is relying on us to to ask for the proper things. Proper things, though. I mean, that, that's no, what I'm talking you, about. You're missing my point. That's what I'm talking about, though. Proper things, though. It, that that goes back to the misapplication no, just, of if. No, I'm right? not talking about that. Okay, mm-hmm. hold on. I'm cutting you guys off because this do. is about you two. And I don't I'm, even know what it's about. I'm just okay, saying where I'm at right I now. I have a couple of <laughs> I have a couple of questions in your relationship. What un what unreasonable expectations do you think you've had of your spouse? Um, okay, good. Ma- maybe in the marriage. Maybe in the beginning. And is your marriage okay, Jeff? Most recently. <laughs> What? Oh, is your marriage okay? Oh, I like it. I like. Wait that a question. second. Why this was, is my podcast too? So why I was this, have one. Why was this turned on? Jeff, me? why are you projecting on Zach and Lisa? Jack, did I say Jack? <laughs> why are you projecting on Zach and Lisa? <laughs> okay, Lisa. Uh, it's I a would fair say question. In the past, and I'm trying to improve on this. Um, expecting that he would see everything that I see going on, and that he would know what needs to get done without me communicating it that's probably a universal yeah it's a but, good one i'm not discounting um, it it's a great but we all wear a lot of hats and so and i'm not good about asking for things because i'll just do it myself mm-hmm. like i'll get it done i'll do it myself i'll do it the way i want to do it <laughs> which is terrible and i've really had to work on that line of thinking of no, I need help and I need to ask for it and I need to be okay with that person helping me do that and not thinking I need to do everything. And so that's an area where there's like this expectation of like, well, you should be able to see everything that's happening and and why aren't you jumping in and right. taking some of this on? But that wasn't really fair. Reasonable expectation number one. <laughs> Yeah, same. I'll just piggyback. That's a good answer. I think if we were keeping track of things, I would probably be on the losing end of working for the family and all the things we do. But there is that element of feeling a certain way and kind of have a built-in expectation that she's going to figure it out. She's going to know where I'm at. She's going to know when I'm happy. She's going to know when I'm pissed. And it doesn't matter what about could have nothing to do with the family, but just expecting that she's going to know. And then there's the danger of resenting mm-hmm. based on that. So what have you to learn about faith and God through your relationship? I don't know. <laughs> do you, Lisa, do you have anything? I can refine the question. <laughs> It's a big question. It, that could be like three podcasts, right? Um, it is. Jeff, you love these the marriage angle. Well, you it, know what? It's not bad. I, I, I want to bring something up. Just since Scott, who just left the room, said, oh, this, has, this conversation doesn't have anything to do with me. And it seems that marriage seems to be a big part of the book that he talks so highly of. And... I don't understand why the topic of marriage and these relationships um, is so uh, kind of turns Scott off. But because um, he's jealous, maybe he's not. He's not in it. Right. He wants to be married, okay. ladies okay. out there. 
Or men. Scott Holbert. Scott, Scott Holbert. Scott, <laughs> Scott Holbert. Come Scott at rosebiblesbeer.com. He has a high view of scripture, and he wants to love you. And he can fit in a medium-sized rowboat. He is a medium-sized <laughs> rowboat kind of guy. Oh, my goodness. He's got a great smile when you tickle him. He won't smile otherwise. Back to my question. What have you learned about God? Not like the two of you, but through the relationship, what has God taught you? Uh, that's very difficult for me right now. Because right now, I freely admit that knowing exactly how God interacts on a day-to-day basis, I, I don't have that in my vernacular. Like, what's God showing you today? I'm learning new things and living it, but I I just don't have that verbiage. So it's tough for me to directly answer that. Well, let me ask a simple question. Um, what is life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, simpler. What is describe God? What I would say I learned, I, I don't know that I've learned it for the first time, but it's been refined for me. Um, that God is good despite all the crap that goes on in the world and inside of people and all the hurt and pain and ugliness, um, that that is not a reflection of who God is. And I think I always have believed that, but it's really been refined for me to understand what that really means through this whole Mm. last 13 years. Yeah. For me personally, just there's been a lot of, um, faith building. Um, and I've been noticing and trying to continue to make a shift to if I'm, feeling a certain way, if I'm going to respond to something, trying to stop and pray first and ask God, help me. Sometimes it's help me make a good decision and have self-control. Help me with the way I'm going to respond to this person or how should I respond to this person? Trying to align myself and hear God more, um, which I didn't do in the past. Mm-hmm. Now, well, I will say for me, one prayer that has been easy for me to pray, it's just asking for wisdom. So at a very base level, at the very least, I'm putting myself in a posture to look for wisdom and be more wise. So whether or not there's this God that's going to only give wisdom if you ask, and I know there's scriptures that directly reference that. Whether or not that's the case, that's beside the point. If I pray for it, and if it, it's part of my posture and part of my living, then I'm going to be open to it and and looking for it. And so it's like this circle of it helps facilitate more wise living, I think. So I, I do struggle with asking God for things now. And sometimes I don't, which is weird. Like, if somebody asks me to pray for them, I will. But for myself, I, I've lost currently asking God to intercede on my behalf for things. I just, I think, 
I've lost that for now as a default. Sometimes I feel it more than others, but that's just the way it is. So I'm trying to be honest with God and honest with myself, and therefore that means not doing fake. Before they weren't fake, I won't say that, but not if I'm not in it, I won't fake it, which is before I would somebody asked me to pray and I and I didn't care or I wasn't in it, I would still pray and make it happen. It's like gl- I, glossing over sugar I think God coating. Is, yeah, I think God is so much bigger than that and he's aware of he can see inside your heart. He, yeah. He finds little Jesus inside my heart. You can't Even hide still, from him. No, I, I I totally agree that, and I've and that's how I was know. saying back at the prayer. Sec, I wasn't critiquing other people or how they read the Bible. I'm just saying for me, even though there are scriptures that say to do this or to ask God for this and X, Y, and Z, if I don't have it, I don't do it, and I'm just gonna rest on the knowledge that there is this Spirit of God that is our advocate when I don't have it. Yes. And I, I, I agree with that, that, man, sometimes I'm, I don't, I don't always want to pray and oftentimes I don't pray. Hmm. So just, sometimes it just comes out really fast and I pray for a bunch of things in like a couple, couple seconds and then it's over. Uh, there's, there's no, it's no, there's no formula to it. It's, it's you seeking God, um, being real. Yeah. I think honesty yes. is the big takeaway from whether it's yes. the marriage. Even though the Bible never actually ever says, Thou shalt not pray lie. honestly. <laughs> yeah. There's no text that says pray honestly. So I, I agree with, with that. You approach. agree with something outside of the Bible? A, your approach. Yeah. Partially. And I know Lisa, Lisa can tell. She knows. I think she senses where I'm at based on how I'm praying, how I'm talking to the girls. And it's not super safe. I know a certainty in your faith and a certainty about what the Bible says. And and if you have that foundation that you're going to be more clear with your kids all the time and you're going to be more clear with your wife all the time on things, and that's safer. And I, I think I used to have that. And now I don't. Why do you keep doing that? Does your side mean I don't have that anymore? I'm only talking about my experience. I'm so passive aggressive, Scott. That was passive aggressive. You're reading into it. Well, I'm only talking about my experience and where I'm at now. I that that which you actually can't argue with. (laughs) I was just gonna say, why is there argument about this right now? I cannot wait until you get married, Scott, and and your wife is saying something. You're like. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) And I'll be like, woman. All right, go on. I just, the certainty thing. People are so certain. Again. No, I'm saying I used to have that. I don't have that now. So you're not, you're not, you're not projecting. Don't, don't on put this on you. Other, no, I, I'm not, what, no, no, whether I, it's on me or not, I don't, no, I don't care. You're, you're projecting right now. With, with, so saying the certainty aspect whether people are certain or not. You're not you're not pointing to other people. You're pointing only towards you in your position at that time. I actually have said that three times since you started your sighing. That that the certainty was you. The, that, that, the, that, 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 yes. That, that this is about my okay. experience. I I apologize then I will go back and listen once this is posted. 
And then once this is posted, I this will, will probably I will, all be cut out anyway. I will. Oh, apo- no, it won't. I will apologize again when I hear you say that you're only referring to you in your certainty, your own personal certainty. Then I'll, I'll apologize again. So okay, go ahead. Okay, so on the next podcast, we can start with Scott apologizing. When, when, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I if I hear that Zach saying that it, it was only his own personal certainty that he was referring to, yeah. So to yes. to to sum up this whirlwind it has been losing a son, changing how I empathize with people, which affected me questioning political beliefs, which trickled into other traditions that I thought were ironclad truth, and really wrestling with that stuff and the wrestling is not done and i don't think it will ever be done i think what's changing is i'm growing more comfortable wrestling with big ideas and i I think that's the big takeaway is that don't take what people say on its surface without looking into it um so many i mean the, the traditional models of look into whether there's an actual hellfire literally that I believed. Actually, I don't think I ever really believed it because. I so that's my other question it. is the things that you're kind of uh, uh, rebelling against, for lack of a better phrase, the things that you're rebelling against in the, in the traditional model. Did you actually ever think those things? Did you actually ever consider those things fully? No, so I, oh, think, no. I think I think that's taking taking those taking that into consideration, but now you're. You, you, and then, and then also, also, Zach, if you, if you would bear with me. Caveat. Yes, every, Scott. Every, everyone. Tell us, Bear Scott. with me for a second. I've been bearing with you for a long time. Shut up. If, if, um, when you talk about, you, you know, not trusting authority anymore. So you're not going to trust authority, but then all of a sudden you read a book and that book has influence on your mind. But now that actually is something you trust in quote unquote as i in my ear no quotes. I, I see what you're doing right no it's, it's good so, yeah it's good so so now but now you're trust you're trusting in something else that is opposed to the traditional view that you had but you actually never had that traditional view fully you never actually considered that traditional view no but but now you, you're trusting in this other thing, this this no, this, no, no, this no. new tra- authority, tra- quote unquote, well, right? I, I see, so you see where I'm going, yeah. right? And I would say that it's not an either or, like, or now I, I read a book and so I trust that, and I distrust everything from the past. It's like life, learning to think non-binarily, binarily, booleanly, not. Non-binary thinking or dualistic <laughs> thinking, which we teach kids to think dualistically because it's important. Don't go on the street. Always look both ways. Those types of Th- those things, things are important, and they yes. are important, yes. and they're still important for adults in times. But there has to be, with life and wisdom, hopefully, as I'm realizing over the last couple of years, learning when dualistic thinking is needed and when there's a more nuanced approach. So it's not read a book, believe everything it says, or reject everything from my past. It's it's really digging in and realizing that life is messy, faith is messy. There's a lot of ways you can read the Bible. There's a lot of different streams of Christianity. They have different 
things to say. And I think I didn't realize that before I was in my one stream and that was the way that was the truth. That was the life. I'm sorry. What was the way the truth in life other than Jesus? My, my one way of thinking about about Jesus. And then so you acknowledge that that was a false way of thinking. That's what I just did. Right. So, so, so that, and that's. So basically he's at the point of not just taking what's been told to him in tradition over so many years. It's like, let's explore other things. Let's look at other ways of thinking. Let's look at how other people read the Bible in this context. What does that mean? How can that change maybe what this means what it meant to them in that time and what that means for us and right. what piecing people piece out things like, let me take this one Bible verse and pull it out. And it's like, well, no, you can't really do that. You need to see what the context of it is. Read it as a whole. You need to read that yeah. whole chapter, like just taking things more in a broad approach, seeing different ideas, exploring these thoughts yeah. than just Not settling with chapter this in the is Bible, all it is. But you you look when you look into scholars who know the original language, I don't know original languages, but the more you dig into that stuff, the more you realize that even the translators, they have an agenda and that affects how they translate things into English. So it's complicated. There's not like mm. a easy yeah. thing and it. It's not now all tradition is bad. Therefore I reject it all. And I go to something new I think there was an element of that early on in my deconstruction where my pendulum was like rejecting everything. Yeah. Um, And now it's kind of settling back into just weighing what people have to say and trying to get behind why they might say it. And then you can see and try to make a wise decision about how it actually has an effect on your life or what you believe about the thing. So, no, and I, and I told, I'm sorry, go ahead, Lisa. I was just saying, ultimately, for me, watching him go through this and then having these conversations, I've come to a place where what are the overarching themes of the Bible? What are the the truths, the undeniable truths? And then, so that's like the spine of the Bible. Like Jesus was born, died, resurrected. Let's focus on that. Like all these little spine things that come out. Yeah, you can talk about them all day long. Fine. You can argue about them and blah, blah, blah. But let's stick with what our pastor has said time and time again is keep the main thing the main thing. God is love. Like let's focus on these truths. Why do we have to go spin around and around and around? And maybe for some people that does increase their faith, maybe that's what softens their heart to Jesus. I don't know, but for me, it's like, I'd rather focus on these overarching things in the Bible than have these arguments about all these little details. <laughs> right. Yeah. And when you, when you, you talk about, you know, God is love and, and stuff like that, the overarching themes though, um, Jesus talked about, I know people are going to hate me. Um, I, I did not come. I, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Is that an overarching theme? Is that a literal sword, Scott? I I, I don't know, but it it is not in. It is not the the. Do you think it might be a literal sword? 
I possibly. And well, where no, is it that is, in the is, Bible? Is, What's the context? It, it is. It is going to carry judgment. Oh, there, there is a lot of judgment involved. So without, no, and, and without that's spinning, not, without that's spinning not off into the weeds, so, what, yeah, what about her even, point? Was, well, no, no, no. I was trying to get to that. Is that okay. that? Yes, yes. It, 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 it is about the main thing. The main thing. Oh my gosh! Thank you, Zach, Lisa. That yeah, was for amazing. I, I mean, um, I genuine, honest. That's what we're about. <laughs> was so Wasn't that easy? <laughs> no. Honest to what we're about apparently includes a wide spectrum of thought about God and the Bible and everything else. So I, I really do think this was uh, a great story, and I'm so happy that uh, we got to listen to it, and I got to ask my very simple questions to the both of you, and. Um, you did great. You bring it home, Jeff, every time. It's great. You bring it back to practicality, relationality. Anymore. We'll look back on the day when the I'm 52. I'm a gym teacher. Um, Blasphemy of teacher. the Holy Spirit. Don't quote me, bro. Get it, go- get it going. I actually want to be a polygamist. If we could just spank him one time. Shut your reformed mouth. <coughs> we'll edit that out. What does Scott believe? There are, I believe that. Get it, go- get it going. Neuter me in this. The only reason he would come up to me is because he recognized me from the podcast. The, uh, 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 Shut up, Scott. I can really use a drink. I remember I used to sell pot in high school. It's cocaine, stupid. Oh, my gosh. She like my blankie. The hum- this is gonna go bad. Zach's iPhone. So I've got lots of holes. You need a big pole. We'll edit that out. Teacher, 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 teacher. You just do it like this. Thanks, Scott.